This episode of The Outside Podcast is brought to you by Adidas, the new Terex Freehiker. A piece of gear that was conceived as a response to the fact that there's no such thing as a thru-hiking shoe. Thru-hikers are all basically wearing trail runners. That comes with certain sacrifices uh, in terms of stability, in terms of protection. This is Marcus Westerberg, a product designer who worked on the Freehiker. As we basically saw kind of a, an interesting challenge for us to kind of merge the knowledge that we have of making hiking shoes with the knowledge that we have from, from making running shoes and kind of see if we could bring these two worlds together. With the free hiker, Adidas set out to make a shoe that would feel good on your feet as you hiked and last longer on the trail than a traditional running shoe. And it turns out your foot is already really good at walking, so mostly they got out of its way. They added their proprietary boost foam for cushioning and then made an upper that sort of feels like wearing a sock. So it's very comfortable, it's very well-fitted, and it's very lightweight. The result is a really impressive, really good-looking shoe. I've been kind of living in mine. Because even though I live in a city when I'm not on the trail, I do walk around a lot. And I think this shoe kind of fits in those both worlds in a really nice way by, by basically taking those same things that make the shoe great uh, for hiking also makes it relevant in a street, on, in an urban environment. You know, I've been seeing this shoe popping up on design blogs and uh, or fashion blogs and things like that. Are you, is that what you mean by relevant? I mean, that's definitely an aspect of it. And, and I'm definitely happy and excited that the shoe is doing so well as it's doing. I, I think it's also to do with the, with the functionality issue. Like one of the things that we hear from people is that it's just so comfortable. Find out more about the free hiker at adidas.com slash Terex. That's T-E-R-R. EX. From Outside Magazine and PRX, these are Dispatches, stories from our writers in the field. This May, Outside published a cover story titled, Ask Your Doctor If Nature Is Right For You. And it was about the rapidly expanding grassroots movement of healthcare providers who are prescribing time outdoors as a treatment for all sorts of actual, diagnosable conditions. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you already get outside a lot, and you know that it's right for you. You probably think it's right for everyone else, too. Which is why you're always rallying your friends or family to get off the couch and go for a hike or ride or surf. Either way, what you probably don't know is that the medical establishment is at last coming around to agreeing with you in a very serious and substantive and peer-reviewed way. And this has enormous potential for the greater health of our society. So for this third episode in our four-part series exploring the nature cure, we're going to talk with Aaron Rubin, the scientist and journalist who wrote that outside story, and also hear from one of his key sources, Dr. Nushin Razani a pediatrician who's at the leading edge of the nature prescription movement. Leading the conversation is Outside's Michael Roberts, one of the editors who worked with Aaron on his story, and one of the loudest voices on our staff calling for more coverage of the health benefits of time and nature. Mostly, I think, because it helps him get his family and friends off the couch. Here's Mike. We work with a lot of writers at Outside, but Aaron Rubin, well, he stands out as being a bit different. Yeah. My name is Aaron Rubin. I'm a PhD candidate in clinical psychology at Duke University. That's just the start of it, or more like the end of it. You see, for years, Aaron had been a researcher in neuroscience labs, looking at how and why our brains decline as we age. 
He was particularly interested in the role environmental factors play in this process because they aren't well understood. This caused him to shift directions and start working on environmental policy. I looked at um, national air pollution policy. I interned at the White House Council on Environmental Quality. Um, I worked on an, uh, international projects to restore forests for climate change. Eventually, Aaron went back to school at Duke, where his PhD thesis has him working in clinics that care for people with organic brain diseases. His research focuses on the environmental factors that influence brain health and function. And as a passionate outdoor athlete, Aaron is also an advocate for protecting the natural world. This has him on the lookout for stories that compel us to take better care of the planet and that support his side hustle as a journalist. A couple years ago, he was at a medical conference when this big story landed right in his lap. And at that conference, I sort of stumbled into a talk that a doctor was giving, um, actually a pediatrician who was named Robert Czar. And he was talking not about how nature is good for us, which was interesting to me, but he was talking about how he's getting his patients out in nature because he already knows it's good for us. Dr. Czar, as it turned out, was a pioneer in a movement among doctors to prescribe nature to their patients suffering from a variety of problems. Everything from anxiety to obesity to attention deficit disorders. After hearing Dr. Czar speak, Aaron approached him to learn more about his work. Then Dr. Czar put him in touch with other doctors writing nature prescriptions. Very quickly, Aaron realized this was a big trend and that new health programs were popping up all over to support it. So by the time I came into the picture, there were a number of very robust programs in existence where doctors were asking their patients to go outside, sometimes um, with very specific instructions, sometimes with actual transportation and guides. And um, as soon as I started talking to them, they started putting me in touch with you know the people who had inspired them or the people who had um, turned them on to the idea in the first place. And I sort of pulled back and realized that across the country, there was a whole web of programs that were partly inspired by each other, partly new, um, and that no one had really been talking about in a big way. And that's when I thought, gosh, this is a story that needs to be told right now, and um, no one seems to be doing it, so I'm going to do it. As Aaron learned in the course of his reporting, the nature prescription movement had really begun around 2005. And in recent years, it has been growing faster and faster. See, there are 71 distinct sort of nature prescribing programs from healthcare centers in the US. I, I did some rough calculations to figure out how many patients that might be reaching. And the best I could tell, it's in the hundreds of thousands because across these 71 programs, some of them have you know, 10, 15, some have 500 doctors enrolled in the program. And the average, for example, primary care physician can have a panel of up to 2,000 patients. So we have 71 programs now. We have potentially hundreds of thousands of patients who at least could be getting this kind of programming. Um, the plan, as far as I'm aware, is for at least 10 new programs to open up next year. And if you were to draw a line of sort of number of programs that have been opening over the last decade, it kind of looks exponential. But what does that growth really mean? Haven't our doctors been telling us to get outside for some healthy and fresh air ever since, well, ever since they were doctors? Still, Aaron insists that there's something very different happening now. Really, if you look back across the sort of history of medicine, in one way or another, doctors have been asking, sometimes pleading with their patients to go outside. 
um, typically just to get off the couch and move, you know, um, Hippocrates called walking man's best medicine. Um, what makes what we're seeing today different is first, it's a lot more widespread. So it, in the past, you've had sort of specific recommendations from, you know, the, the doctors in Victorian England who studied melancholy. They said, go to the countryside. We don't know why, but you'll do a little better. Um, or, you know, in the turn of the last century, um, doctors who had patients with tuberculosis would say, go and, and get fresh air in the mountains. Today, the kinds of doctor who and nurse who will ask you to go outside as part of this new movement is really really spans every specialty I looked at. You know, we have dermatologists, we have cardiologists, we have um, psychiatric nurse practitioners, we have um, pediatricians and physical therapists. So it it it's really no longer confined to sort of niche specialties, and also for probably the first time, it is really trying to be evidence-based. So this movement has really grown out of 30 years of evidence accumulating to say that time spent in nature is going to be beneficial for blood pressure, for immune function, for um, ruminative thinking and mood, cognitive capacity. But as Aaron points out in his story, while a number of studies show that natural environments are good for us in all kinds of ways, there's very limited data demonstrating that these new nature prescription programs actually make a difference. That's partly because this kind of research, it's just really expensive. And there's really only one sort of common criticism that I've heard that kept coming up. And that was, this sounds cool, but I just don't think it will work. Where's your evidence that it is working? And I think that was a super valid criticism. Um, Everyone acknowledges that we need that evidence, and it's now being gathered, or you know, applications are out to try and gather that evidence. Um, and look, it's just really expensive. Um, Robert Czar has put in proposals to conduct randomized control trials of his park prescription program. The budgets that he's submitted are in the low millions. What this means is that a lot of doctors have had to write nature prescriptions on faith, which can make them uneasy at least until they see the results. Yeah, you know, when I started talking to particularly physicians, I always had a question for them, which was along the lines of, do you feel uncomfortable being the sort of nature doc in the room? Are you ever embarrassed or shy? Um, what's that been like? And they all sort of, to a person, said, look, when I started, yes, I, I felt a little unsure. Um, I wasn't... I wasn't sure how I'd be received. And every single one of them, as soon as they got real feedback from their patients that either this was working or they were into it, every one of those physicians sort of changed their tune. And now they're all really um, open, they're really excited, they're really aggressive about letting you know, um, I think nature is making a difference. I think it'll make a difference for you. A good clinician in 2019 is a uh, sort of showman. And in that sense, the folks I've met who are now what I'll call nature champions are really good at that. They're really charismatic. They're really um, into owning this new idea. A great irony of the nature prescription movement is that the most effective tool a doctor has for delivering nature prescriptions to their patients, it's a phone. That's right. 
health provider trying to get their patients to get outside and take a break from screens is likely going to provide the recommendations on a screen. As Erin notes, this actually makes a ton of sense. If a doctor tells a patient to spend more time in nature, the conversation kind of ends there. But if a doctor and a patient pull up an app that shows green space near a patient's home, and they pick a couple spots to try out, based on whether they offer a trail or maybe a soccer field, and the doctor can input a prescription with a frequency and a duration of visits, you have a bona fide medical tool. The ParkRx America app, which Dr. Robert Zarr helped launch, has been adopted by providers in 17 states. Between May 2018 and May 2019, doctors use it to write some 1,200 prescriptions, and there are many other apps out there like it. Um, and some of the cool programs now can actually allow the patients to give feedback to their doctors when their prescription is filled. You know, I went here at this time and this happened. And then, you know, in an ideal world, the doctor and the patient will start to slowly over time refine this treatment plan so that they're, you know, running in a trail three times a week, but once, you know, a month, they're doing what would be more of a uh, meditation-oriented mindfulness sort of walk. Um, there's lots of different ways we can envision this, and the, the movement's trying to be very flexible. We'll be right back. Earlier on, we heard about the Terex Free Hiker and how comfortable it is. But if you're going to be through hiking, the other thing that sets it apart is how long it lasts because of how rigorously it's been tested. I mean, we were testing it the whole way. From the very beginning, Marcus and his team were putting shoes together and trying different parts and different combinations to make a shoe that would stand up to the specific stresses of thru-hiking. Do you have any sense of how long it might actually last? Could you hike the entire PCT with one pair of shoes? So, um, we had uh, a guy, Evan, uh, hiking the entire trail. This guy, Evan, who hiked the entire PCT from Mexico to Canada, worked at an outdoor store and went to Adidas looking for a discount on a jacket. And we figured, hey, we have this shoe, we'd love to get it tested uh, on the trail. And basically we would come back to Evan and say, hey, if you're, if you're willing to take a chance, uh, we'd love to, to hear your feedback on the shoe. And literally got him a pair of shoes as he was leaving to go to Mexico. Throughout the hike, he was in constant communication with Adidas, telling them what was wearing out, what felt great, and how his feet were doing. We could actually iterate on the shoe uh, and have new samples sent to him on the trail for him to continue testing. And so as he hiked, the design evolved. And with that feedback, they were able to basically double the lifespan of the shoe. The expectation of a shoe would be that it lasts somewhere between four and 600 miles. The PCT, if you're curious, is 2,650 miles. I think you would be very hard pressed to find a shoe where you can hike the entire trail but this shoe would definitely get you further than what we're seeing from our competition at the moment. Find out more and order a pair if you like your feet at adidas.com slash In the course of his reporting, Aaron met a number of champions. His term for the doctors that have become such fervent believers in the healing power of nature that in addition to prescribing time outside to their patients, they were encouraging other doctors to join the movement. Um, I always asked every champion that I met, what got you into this? You know, you're really an oddball at this point in terms of, you know, mainstream medical system. And what's cool about the movement is it is 
mainstream providers who are embracing this. I mean, really in every state, pretty much, um, these are mainstream providers, but they're still on the leading edge of things. And so I always ask them, you know, what brought you into the nature arena? Um, and they all had different stories that were interesting. Um, and I just really think about Greg Anderson. Greg Anderson is a primary care physician based in Washington state. In 2018, he wrote 165 nature prescriptions. He started his medical career as a Navy doctor on an uh, aircraft carrier. I think, believe he was stationed for several months off the coast of Pakistan. And in that capacity, he would routinely see ship's crew who lived and worked below the sea level, basically, um, who just looked like death. They would come in and they would say, doctor, I feel terrible. I'm depressed. I've got no energy. Uh, I must have the flu or something. And he would do some blood work and really maybe they were a little anemic, but nothing, they didn't have any distinct diagnosable condition. And he would ask them, when was the last time you saw the sun? And they would say, doc, I, I don't know, three weeks. And um, this really made an impression on Greg Anderson. He sort of saw the consequences of extreme nature deficit. And he, he doesn't really connect his new interest to that, but he'll readily tell you that his intervention for these people at the very start of his career was just go and stand at the back of the ship, you know, where there's a little opening and just get some nature exposure. And, you know, look, people wouldn't turn on a dime, but he said it really helped them. And that really opened his eyes to the fact that maybe we need a little time outside and maybe it needs to be regular. One of Dr. Anderson's patients is a professor at Eastern Washington University in his mid-60s, who, not so long ago, wasn't very healthy. He was overweight, with high blood sugar and high blood pressure, and on a track towards diabetes. So Dr. Anderson came up with a two-pronged prescription. First, the professor had to start counting calories. And second, he needed to go outside and get some movement. He had tried to lose weight in the past, mostly by going to gyms and sort of logging hours on treadmills, and it just had never worked for him. His lifestyle was very sedentary, told me. He watched a lot of TV. He sat for work. Not at all an atypical American, right? But he found that just walking in the woods it somehow was easier for him to keep up this habit than going to the gym. He just wanted to go out, but he found that each time he went out in the woods, he was staying longer and longer. And eventually he started walking faster and he started to jog a little and then he started to jog longer. And by the time I was talking to him, he was going out on trails more than three times a week, sometimes for an hour at a time and jogging. And across a six month window from the time he first had a conversation with his doctor about the need to lose weight and sort of intervene on where he was headed to the time I spoke to him, he ended up losing 60 pounds. His blood sugar went back to normal. His blood pressure went back to normal. And he actually could go off the blood pressure meds he had had to start before. If you ask him what made the difference, he says, look, the calorie counting helped. There's no question that got me going. But he says, if I didn't have a trail nearby, I never would have done what I did. A trail nearby, that's the catch. A big challenge with nature prescriptions is that many of the people who would benefit most from time outside 
have the hardest time getting to a park that offers a trail or even just a quiet grove of trees. So the question of whether nature should be a prescription or a clinical intervention is actually a really interesting one. Another one of the doctors that Aaron spoke to was Nushin Rizani, a pediatrician based in Oakland, California, where she founded the Center for Nature and Health at the UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. Many of her patients are low income and live in urban communities with no immediate access to green spaces. She recently spoke at an event in the Bay Area focused on rewilding American kids that was put together by Outside and the Commonwealth Club. And her main point was that simply prescribing time in nature to people in these communities doesn't do anything for them. We also need to provide the resources that help them actually get the medicine. And we were approached by East Bay Regional Parks with that idea of writing prescriptions uh, for nature. And I have to say that I was part of a group of physicians that gave a huge pushback. And I still push back when people say that because really, you know, access to nature is a public health issue, Um, especially in the East Bay where less than 10% of all the total tree cover is in the flatlands, which is also the area where you have the lowest life expectancy and the most chronic illness. And so to think that a piece of paper for me or a recommendation to go outside would somehow tip all those imbalances was not only naive, but just a little tiring as a, you know, a primary care provider. Um, and so the, the clinicians pushed back and we said, we're not going to write nature prescriptions. You need to make more parks where our patients live. Um, but we were very lucky because East Bay Regional Parks were amazing partners. And they said... Yes, and, and they kept wanting to know more and to address whatever barrier we raised. So first we said, you need to bring nature to our patients. And so they actually decorated our entire clinic with local parks in the patient rooms. They put up these like 16 foot um, posters of redwood forests. And um, that was amazing because it allowed nature to, to speak for itself essentially. Um, Then we also said, well, people need a ride, and if we go out into nature, you have to feed people, and um, we need a a naturalist with us because this is a new territory for many families. And they said yes to all of those things. Now, five years later, Dr. Rizani and her colleagues have led 73 nature outings for UCSF patients and their families. One day a month, they bring around 50 people into the redwoods or maybe take them fishing on the San Francisco Bay. They also write nature prescriptions for their patients and provide maps identifying local parks. According to research results that Dr. Rizani reported in a medical journal last year, the patients have shown small but statistically significant improvements in their physical and mental health. They are less stressed and more resilient. Dr. Rizani's activist approach to healthcare is all the more impressive when you consider the fact that her group is actually billing for their nature visits. Money, as is often the case, is the crux of the challenge. As Aaron Rubin explains it, no pharmaceutical company or hospital network is going to profit from nature prescriptions. So what industry is going to want to invest in these programs? There is someone who cares, and that's the insurance companies. Because for every person who's a little less sick, they're going to make more money, and they're going to save costs. So I think insurance is the place we should be looking for the innovations in the next few years. And my answer to the question of why insurance isn't jumping all over it yet is a chicken and egg. 
I think they're probably waiting for some of the evidence that we still don't quite have funding for. But um, some insurers are dipping their toes in the water. One of the most exciting things I saw just at the end of 2018, um, one insurance company, Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina, actually for the first time, as far as I can tell anywhere, has begun providing a financial incentive for clinics to participate in a regional nature prescription program. So in North Carolina, as of, I believe, April 2018, if you sign up to host a track trails program in your clinic, um, which is a local nature prescription program that has a lot of trails connected and they've sort of gamified nature and they've got really great um, images and, and prescription notices, uh, particularly oriented to kids. If your clinic signs up to host that, you're going to get points in a system that brings you to potentially receive greater reimbursement for service rates. Um, According to Trek Trails, as soon as that incentive was put into place, demand for the program went into overdrive. They had a hard time getting all the prescription pads and brochures out to clinics that were asking for them. More than 100 clinics had signed up for the program. Blue Cross Blue Shield told Aaron that they were trying out Trek Trails because they saw it as an opportunity to address what are known as the social determinants of health. You know, these are the, these are the parts of health that we know have nothing to do with your access to health care. It's your lifestyle. It's the quality of your neighborhood. It's the quality of the food you get to eat. Um, things that we know actually make a huge difference for health outcomes. And that's why, you know, particular people on particular plans can have gym memberships covered. I mean, I have friends who um, can get reimbursements for, you know, athletic equipment from their insurer. You know, insurers are getting it for exercise, and there is some evidence that they're starting to get it for time outdoors. Before you get too excited, keep in mind that our health plans will likely never cover our rafting trips or lift tickets at ski mountains. But that's okay, because those kinds of more ambitious adventures aren't really what the nature prescription movement is all about. If you're already running rivers and skiing powder, you're probably getting your required dose. For doctors like Robert Zarr and Greg Anderson and Nushin Rizani, the goal is to make this medicine commonplace for everyone. And the conclusion to his outside story, Aaron wrote that great advances in healthcare often come about through collective efforts for change, involving not just health providers, but also journalists, insurers, park agencies, and conservationists, to reconnect us with things we've discarded that are really good for us, food that wasn't developed in the lab, face-to-face conversations, maybe more time outside. Um, it's hard to get really excited about something that isn't killing people right now, but might be making them sad or anxious or less likely to achieve the goals or things they want in their life. I think the onus is on all of us to sort of have a, a grander vision for how society and life could be different if we're spending more time in nature. That's Michael Roberts and Aaron Rubin talking about the nature prescription movement. You can read Aaron's feature as well as a number of other stories exploring the intersection of nature and health at outsideonline.com slash naturecure. Thanks to the Commonwealth Club for collaborating with Outside to host Rewilding the American Child back in May and for sharing audio from the event. You can listen to the full conversation with Nushin Rizani, Michael Roberts, and author Florence Williams at commonwealthclub.org. 
This episode was brought to you by Adidas and the new Terex Free Hiker. They've sponsored this whole series, which concludes in a few weeks. The Outside Podcast is a production of Outside Integrated Media and PRX. 